How are you? Fine. I'm grand. I'm just That's good. trying to get everyone to calm down. By everyone, I mean um, Indy. Look. Oh, hello. Oh, my God. So, you have a cat as well. Two. Two cats. Amazing. This, this a mother and a daughter. Indy, would you calm down? And, uh, hello. And, and then I have a three-year-old as well, Willow. Hello everyone, you're very welcome to episode 9 of Arts Insight Podcast. I'm your host Kira, and I'm really really excited about this episode. I know I actually think I say that every every month but we're doing things a little differently from here on in. Things are going to change around here. So normally if you've listened before you'll know that we normally have our episodes in two different parts so we'll interview one person and then in the second part a different person. So normally there's a theme to an episode um, you could say. So we were planning on having the same thing for this episode and we recorded two interviews. It was two composers, so one with a composer named Una Keen and the second was with Michael Fleming. And it ended up both interviews were over an hour long, which is typical of me, doesn't know when to stop talking. (laughs) But they were both actually really, really good interviews. We didn't want to cut them down and make them shorter and we also didn't want it to be like too long. So we've decided that we are going to make it into two separate episodes, so one person per episode. Whether this is going to continue on after this, I'm not sure. I would like it if you would give us feedback on which you prefer. Do you prefer having one person per episode? Do you like that better? Or would you rather the old way where we interview two people per episode? This first episode is going to be with the lovely Una Keen. So Una Keen is an ambient neoclassical pianist slash composer. Una actually recently put out a live collab- live album um, called Collaborations. It was actually recorded just before lockdown, so the March 2020. So myself and Una talk a good bit about um, her creative process, you know, being creative during COVID, stuff like that. It was a really, really good interview. I'm really excited for you to hear it and let me know what you think. I hope you enjoyed the interview and I will talk to you after. So yeah, I was talking to some friends last night, their son, uh, who's interested, he's uh, wrote for, they're in our bubble, so for dinner, and pancakes, <laughs> and they were like, yes. oh, Jules is 18, and he was like, what, how do I get into, how do I get into writing music? And I said, well, have you got an iMac, or have you got a Mac of some kind? There's GarageBand on that. He said, GarageBand? Can you use GarageBand? I said, yeah, that's what I use, use GarageBand. I mm. used to have Pro Tools, but it's gone out of date. I spent a fortune, but 15 years ago, and, you know, I was like, I just want to use what I have. So I use iMovie for editing videos and GarageBand for recording. And of course, there are better softwares. But my philosophy has become, use what you have and make the most of what you have. Instead of saying, I can't do this because I don't have X, Y or Z. Yeah. Which is a huge temptation to do that. And I did that for a long time. Like, I did that... Mm for most of my 20s, kind of saying, oh, I can't do this because I'm not good enough at this or I can't I can't do this because I don't know how to do this, that and the other. And I, I've kind you of learned... You have to start somewhere, yeah. You do. And I think oh, it's understandable, I suppose, that that's just around fear, you know. And I think once you realise mm. that and you try and break it down, it's it does take courage, but I think it's starting with something that you feel passionate about and really allow yourself to 
wholeness, to work out. Like there is definitely an element of um, spark, electricity, the idea when a creative idea comes, the excitement of that is brilliant. I think yeah. that's what every creative gets off on. You know, you're like, oh yeah, just and you're chasing that. But it's for a lot of us then it's the idea of taking that and developing it and putting the work into it. And I, I'm yeah. working on that every day. But I do treat it like, you know, I show up for it. And I think um, simplifying for me has worked. Um, diversifying has worked. And by that I mean, what you pointed out, the idea of, you know, looking at movement or dance, film. I mean, the, interestingly, I was like, okay, it's instrumental music. Wouldn't it be great to have to make some videos for this? So yeah. I went to open source archives, um, so basically film archives where you could use the footage, you could credit it, but you could use it for free. So that's kind of how that happened. So I started learning yeah. how to edit it. And I felt that, yeah, that would be that would be good, you know. And I actually have a few projects in mind now coming up where I'm going to film more, like as in go out and film new footage or... Um, mm use effects and have fun with it you know because I think uh, it's it's a process like I've learned we're in lockdown we're going to be in lockdown for another while yet and I'm like how do I for this new album how do I develop um, footage and, and create and yes of course I could ask friends to, to do stuff with me but the thing is we are being really careful like we're a very small bubble and uh, I have to be so I don't meet up with, with people I'm not meeting up yeah. with anybody outside of that bubble um, I'm like okay well so again use what's around you what have I got around me I'm living in an area with a lot of trees uh, nearby and I've got animals <laughs> so God knows it's going to end up on these videos but um, I find this great freedom in trying something it's something actually I think it comes to you get better at it with practice, saying, okay, I don't know how to do this. I, I'm kind of scared. I might make a total idiot of myself. And then you dive in. Now you dive in with preparation done, knowing that you're passionate about it, knowing that you're going to give it some time uh, and you're going to allow yourself for it not to feel entirely comfortable all the time. You need to step outside your comfort zone. Yeah, and then, you do need you know, to step out. Definitely, all the time. I mean... I say all the time, I mean regularly, like with, I think, um, for example, I'm, I remember last, this time last year, uh, I was getting ready to play my headline concert in the Pepper Canister Church in Dublin, and mm -hmm. I was, I was thinking, I was wanting to ask a number of musicians to come and play with me, but I was nervous about it, and I had, I had approached them, some of them, but few others I only asked like 10 days before the concert I ended up asking Loli who I'm a huge fan of an amazing pianist and singer-songwriter you might know her uh Roisin. and she, she and I had kind of looked at a couple of um like talk about collaborating a couple of times I asked Stephen Shannon who's um like me he's in his kind of mid to late 40s and he's been around quite a while he's a producer he writes film music he just, he's in the band Mount Alaska but we've never worked together so I was like okay you know could you do electronics for one of the pieces and we'll just make it up on the night and he's like what 
just gonna make it up. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna try and improvise a lot because we, I don't have time to meet up to do loads of rehearsals. So if you could just come up with a, an arpeggiated riff of some kind, we'll figure out what the key is. And then we'll see, we'll rehearse it once over the phone. So he was a bit like, okay, right, we'll try this. <laughs> and so I love improvising. I love, but this is yeah. not something I did necessarily when I was in my 20s. It's come with confidence. And, mm. um, uh, but the, again, stepping into, it's actually, I remember playing a concert last, like just before Christmas last year at Delight Studios. I was to release an album that I, called In the Deep. Um, and it was my first time using electronics myself and playing around with the typewriter and uh, I love the use of the typewriter. I just love it. It's fun. It sounds so great. Yeah, it's it's, it's just it's, it's so fun. Cool. Like it's something I love the mechanical aspect of it. You know, I love um it's visually very fun to work with and I love looping it as well and mm. the fact that you can capture something and then layer on top of it. It's it's like creating your own band, you know, and it's yeah. I'm quite old-fashioned in my ways. I could I'd be modern in some ways, but I, I, I mean, I love old things, and mm. I think it kind of plays into that. And um, so anyway, I remember talking about a couple of the pieces at Delight Studios, and uh, I remember the engineer who was there. Uh, I don't know worked for the first time a guy called Adam Adam KJ and really really talented and other people that were there as well kind of said what on earth do you do with the typewriter you know and I was like I'm just just trust me it's going to be okay but he was a bit nervous it's about going it. to be deadly <laughs> how, do you, how do we like this you know what are we doing and um, Adam came and did the pepper caster as well and he's like okay I know what's happening this time that's okay but I remember just on the night, not knowing at the, at the Pepper Cancer Church who was going to turn up, and we had Liam Wainley, Stephen Shannon, Lowly, Gareth Quinn Redmond, a friend of mine called Ronan Conroy, who's amazing on the organ, and he's really experimental, he's mad, kind of 60s, 70s influences. He's a professor at the College of Surgeons, you know, and um, really, yeah, it's really, really, he's a bit of a genius. and. Ronan came and uh, everyone, uh, Gareth Quinn Redmond as well, opened for me on the night, which was amazing. And uh, and I remember Adam just said, I'm, I'm going to record it, yeah? I was like, yeah, let's record it. <laughs> we ended up Why releasing not? that album <laughs> before Christmas. Um, but it was it was mostly, now I say it, like I had done out a set list and there were only two pieces that we were actually going to have people come up and Stephen and I had kind of worked out a piece called Hollow that we were just, I, were gonna, I was going to improvise to, I had a rough idea to the riff that he had put together, which I heard in advance. But yeah. uh, they all just stayed up and they kept joining in on different pieces and we basically, it, it was it was really lucky the way it happened. Yeah. And that I think... <laughs> The reaction you've had over the past, like, year or two especially has been incredible. Like, you were top, what was it, top Irish album of the year by the... Well, thank broad- you. That was Broadsheet.ie named Broadsheet, Collaborations, yeah. um, their, their album of the year. And we're, we're all delighted like by that it's a total teamwork and team effort you know yeah i might have brought it all together and um a lot of pieces on it are mine but there were a number of pieces there 
three, three, four pieces that were just made up on the night, totally from scratch. You know, it's so. incredible, isn't it? Like how something like that that you're so worried will this go right ends up being great. Like it's great when it happens. And I think mm. I was. We were all we were all delighted with the feeling um, that we we had coming off the stage. That sense of having connected with an audience and with each other I think we're all a bit on a bit of a higher like very quietly like a load of kind of yeah. quiet arty types looking at each other saying God, that was great don't do that again yeah what a great concert to have as your last gig before I know we were so it was so unexpected yeah it was only afterwards when Adam was like I think he might have you've definitely got an EP but you might have an album here and I was like okay well let's have a listen and let's see what people think and it was through his help as well in fairness you know he recorded mixed uh, the album and with my help we co-produced it and then he was like I said well could you master it and he says no I'm not a mastering engineer I can't master I said okay fine comes back three days later with the album mastered (laughs) <laughs> the kind of person he is like he's very talented and yeah uh i think he really liked the project too and it was great to have mm. it was great to have you know for everyone to have something to do too i mean other musicians like liam and stephen and Le roisin and gareth in particular would have had lots of other stuff going on they just mm. showed up on the night but um for me and adam it was something that kept us busy uh, working remotely like over the course of uh, yeah. the summer and early mm. autumn so it was good to have the focus but we were very lucky yeah. and I think the fact that um, it was a live album helped give it an edge in terms of promoting it um, yeah uh, I didn't have any funding behind it, so I was had to be very smart about the PR, and that I did, I did the PR myself, and yeah. I would have loved to have had a PR company. I've no issue at all with the PR company coming on board. Uh, it'd be fantastic. That's the scariest bit for me. Like, yeah. me and my friend Martin, we're actually working on an album at the minute. And the writing and the recording is the, the fun and the easy bit. It's, it's afterwards. I just, you know, it's it's so daunting, isn't it? It is, yeah. It, it, can, it can be very daunting. I know when I was younger, I would have been defense, a little bit defensive and I would have been a bit more... It was really shyness masquerading as, as trying to come across as being overly confident. You know, you're just yeah. you're trying to find that balance. But it can be... It can no, it can be tricky, like how mm. to approach. But I think, I think I have been lucky in that. Um, maybe because there aren't that many people composing for piano, or there weren't a few years ago. And now there, there are a lot more. Um, in Ireland, it's is a genre, the neoclassical ambient genre. It's growing, which is great. Yeah, um, and I think it was kind of maybe a little bit of a niche there for a while um, maybe it was that but also uh, yeah you need to be creative in how you approach people because for me I didn't want it to be seen as just classical music and it is classical yeah. but it's more it's crossover so give it an edge kind of yeah, yeah a little bit of elect- I mean it's definitely going in a more electronic direction but I love the, the quietness of pure piano too so mm. it is a it's a genre in its own right I suppose neoclassical uh, or ambient and 
sometimes you'd approach uh, the Irish Times and they'd kind of be putting you into the classical and I'd be, no. So I'd always be quite pushy about this mm. is experimental or it's indie or uh, alternative and then you'd, you'd get, you know, you'd, but you'd have to kind of, you have to think ahead as to how you would, and, and that's not me necessarily um, overly engineering it, it's just maybe, um, I know it sounds like it might be, but sometimes people just don't understand um, maybe where you're coming from. So you have to show yeah. where you're coming from. Funny, I was talking to another friend about this exact thing uh, last week, the idea of boundaries around creative work, setting time boundaries, because, yeah. do you find that, because especially in yeah. lockdown, but when we're all at home and we're working and living in the same space, and we love what we do, um, we don't necessarily get paid, we're not getting paid <laughs> for what we do as much, I mean, I'm no. lucky I'm getting some radio play and getting paid from Imro and various and from sales, uh, but it's it wouldn't be massive amounts now. The, the festival and festival stuff and gigs really missing that, you know, and um, financially, yeah. as is everybody. But just coming back to that idea of um, boundaries around timing, because with creative work, um, it can it can kind of the boundaries can be very much blurred. Um, mm. You have to almost watch it. It's something I'm working on myself all the time. It's trying to work out a schedule, especially as things are changing with, with having Willow here all the time. And I'm trying to not just work at night. I'm thinking, well, how can I do like maybe half hour, you know, get her to do something and then half hour um, uh, blocks of time and trying to figure out what can I do in that half hour. So I'm yeah. finding that for me is working quite well at the moment. Um, I really miss have not I don't have like three or four hours maybe once a week I'll get um, uh, help that way and it's, it's brilliant but but just that general idea of boundaries around mm. um, saying okay I'll start at 10 and I'll finish up at 6 yeah. and then uh, just turn off you know have a, have mm. a, a way some kind of um, routine whereby you can relax uh, because yeah. if you're not actually doing that on a regular enough basis it doesn't have to be every single day but if we're not replenishing ourselves in other ways other than our work we do burn out and that's the know, problem isn't it when you yeah. when it is kind of what you're doing is your passion it it's is. it can get blurred and you so, know you forget oh yeah I actually do need a break you need it yeah. you do you do forget and sometimes you ca- it's too late before you catch it and mm-hmm. that can be really really tricky especially now like uh, where you can't just go out on a night out and or do whatever it is you want to do to let the steam off it's yeah um, it's it, that's what I think one of the most difficult things about lockdown especially the third one and especially for you know for 20 somethings I think and 30 somethings I think that, yeah, for, so for somebody who's working a nine-to-five job in an office, they generally will leave it behind. And then they'll mm. have... Um, and I did, I did that. I worked in IT for seven years uh, as a software engineer. And uh, I think maybe that's helped me a bit, having had 
that type of that work. kind of structure structure so uh, and also it's helped me with the technical side of things so I'm able to you know to a certain amount of like I design my own website and I update it and I try I try and do as much as I can that's yeah I, I can't remember who it was I was talking to but they were saying like how it's very very rare that an artist will have done everything themselves like there's a whole team of people involved who you know do everything <laughs> do you know yeah. it's it's it, they might be a single musician but it's it's not a one person job no it, it's not and I'm, st- I'm still learning about how all this works in terms of how the industry works but it's something that I uh, I've heard a lot as well you know and it, it stands to reason um, mm. however if you're for whatever it's not everybody who has that team you know so yeah, how, do you, how do you work uh, effectively or as effectively as possible uh, um, on your own or with a few people working or giving mm. you a hand Um Honestly, I have done everything. Yeah. For the last few years, I would love to get. I'm. I'm hoping. What I would love to do is get uh, some. I suppose representation in terms of uh, placement for streaming. I'd love to get help with streaming uh, placement. Yeah. Um, might be next year before that happens. But I'm looking to London and to Berlin. Uh, for the, the genre that I work in, uh, there's quite a strong market for neoclassical ambient music in those two, in London and Berlin. And I think that would be great just to bring things to the next level because I haven't got a handle on Spotify at all. <laughs> I don't, it's so, it's so I don't hard, isn't it? Like, I don't know what way to go about it. No, at all. I don't either. And I, I mean, it's funny, I was talking to a few other musician friends who have, you know, or have had some success and they're like, it's just, it's, there are a few tricks, um, but uh, often it's PR and mm. it's luck as well. So there's a, there's a new single coming out actually on the 5th of March. Um, it's the, the title, tra- the first track from album Collaborations that mm-hmm. is just out before Christmas. Um, it's called Sylvaticus Sunrise. And it's um, it's just me, piano, uh, soundscapes, um, some samples that I did, uh, pad samples, and a blackbird soundscape that I recorded a few years ago down in the forest just outside Lismore on New Year's Day. Staying with some friends in a cottage down uh, down there. It was beautiful. Uh, and I captured the dawn chorus just the kind of middle to end of it and there was mm. one blackbird so I, I got that and I've used that in this track and it was on In the Deep actually but it's a mm. slightly different version of it it was the version that was played live at the Callister so that's coming out and I finally have managed to realise that if you submit about a month in advance to Spotify you can pitch the song so and maybe we'll get some kind of headway this time, but I think brilliant. We'll see. But that, that's what everyone is doing anyway. Like, so I don't know why I wasn't doing that in a timely way. But I, I kind of, Mr. Spotify, if you're listening, just close your ears. But I, I have a bug to bear, as a lot of musicians do. I think a lot. Of, yeah, a lot of people do. I don't put like. Of course, it's a huge ego boost to get thousands and thousands of streams, and it's not even that. It's great that people are listening to it, but I'm much more focused on Bandcamp because I actually mm. would like to make money out of my music, and I value the work that I put in, and um, 
I'm quiet enough about it, but I will always just release first. I didn't put the album on Spotify for the very reason that I'm just going to release it as singles. Actually, this might be a helpful thing. I remember talking to the group, to all the musicians who were on the album about this before Christmas. I said, lads, I'm not going to put the album up on Spotify, if that's okay with you. I'm going to release singles because that seems to be the strategy that Spotify work best to. Your man yeah. wanted people to release more music, more regularly. I said, okay, well, we'll do that. We just won't give them the full album to listen to. Yeah. We'll do singles and we'll release them bit by bit. And um, and then if people want the full album, they can, they can go to get Bandcamp. it on Bandcamp. So it's kind of trying to be strategic. Uh, yeah. And respecting your worth as a musician. Yeah. Now, I say that. Well, that's the thing. Like, just because you're doing what you love doesn't mean you should be exploited and not make any money from it. Well, a lot of people are. Like, I think mm. we all are, to be honest. And it's... Yeah. The punter doesn't tend to realise. They don't really know that... Most people don't know that musicians aren't really... aren't getting paid from streams. Mm. They're certainly not getting paid enough. So, um, yeah, it's something that I, I have... I feel strongly about, and yet it's it's not to say that I'm getting like I'm making a living out of the bandcamp sales. I wouldn't say I am. However, I did do quite nicely out of when it was released, and I'd like to spread that around to everybody as well. But mm. um, and also for radio play, that's good. So for me, bandcamp and radio play would be the ways I'd be earning. Yeah, especially with gigs not happening, like that's kind of all people have yeah exactly so I think it's it's important to stand your ground uh, I don't don't tend to engage in any I don't really believe in getting stuck in any uh, bickering about it I think the way I like to work is just try and be strategic about it as much as I can and, and what I can do and try and do it as well as I can uh, to be positive uh, to get on with people, treat people with respect, treat myself with respect, the music with respect, and um, just be professional. You know, I, I think that does help massively then when you're approaching radio or press. Um, your reputation is really important yeah. uh, in any field, you know. So I think if I was to kind of say to anybody who's starting out, um, it's just treat everybody as you'd like to be treated yourself. Um, and stand up for yourself as well you know um, it can be hard especially I think as a woman as well we've, we have maybe a little bit of a harder time with it you know just mm. uh, in that it's changing it certainly is changing but the, sometimes there can be assumptions made about someone's ability based on their gender and it's yeah. not always accurate and I think you'll find that you, you do come up against it and it's trying not to take it personally and just to show to show with your work what you're able to do what you're capable of doing and um, yeah so I think it does it takes it, I guess one of the I think it, it takes an awful lot of courage to be a creative because you're constantly going to, well not, maybe not constantly but regularly you're going to be turned down um, you need because it's your own work it's hard to be 
uh, distanced from it. Yeah. Um, it's minding yourself, minding different aspects of yourself so that you can replenish the energy, the passion and the drive uh, and allowing yourself to hibernate a bit at times. This is the thing. Not everybody is going at full pelt all the time. You can't. And mm. I think the trick is when you're, maybe when you're exhausted or when you're trying to catch that before it becomes a problem. But when, but when you are feeling like down or tired or worn out or fed up with it, it's allowing yourself to, quite, in my experience, and I think it's better to allow yourself quietly do things that are going to help to energize yourself again mm. um, and to be kind to yourself. Um, and know that it is, it's a cycle. Often. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's almost like it's important, I think, to treat it as a job. Mm, definitely. I think that's a really good way of ending, and it's really good advice as well. Um, thank you so much. Thank you, Kira. I really um, Just before we finish, if people want to find you, where would be the best um, place to send them? My website. It's unakeen.com. So www.unakeane.com and from there they can see all my social uh, social media links I'm probably most active on Instagram yeah my website would be the best place from there you can go to oh. camp or whatever else you want to go thank you very much Una it was so nice talking to you it was lovely chatting to you too Kira. So yeah, Shanae, that's that interview. I really hope you enjoy it. Thank you so much to Una for taking the time out of her busy schedule to speak to me. I really, really enjoyed the interview. It was like just having a chat and it felt like I'd known her for years. I really hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, and let, do let me know what you thought of this new structure to the podcast episodes. You can let me know through our social media accounts. So on Instagram, it's arts underscore insight. And on Twitter, it's arts insight one. We're just Arts Insight on Facebook or if you love a good email, you can email us at artsinsightpod at gmail.com. I'm really looking forward to you hearing the next episode as well, which is the interview I did with Michael Fleming. So I will talk to you then. Thanks for listening. Bye. Insight is recorded, edited and produced by Jerry Horn of Contact Studio. Contact Studio is a South Dublin County Arts Office initiative.